electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. But it's been Mr. Toad's a wild ride. Disney's CEO Shuffle replaces Bob Chapek after about two years with his predecessor. No matter what, there are going to be huge challenges ahead of Bob Iger. Leadership expert Yale's Jeffrey Sonnenfeld grades the House of Mouse. Bob Iger gets an A-plus on absolutely everything except succession. And New York Times columnist Jim Stewart says this won't fix everything. Disney faces problems that go beyond any one chief executive. Bob versus Bob, we can't get enough. Look, the, the if, if you, if, let me read the, the argument this. is, someone wrote it. it. Someone, someone really spent a lot of time on this, Andrews. Plus, bankrupt crypto exchange FTX looking to sell off business to pay billions to creditors. Who would have thought Thanksgiving week just got busy? It's Monday, November 21st. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Andrew by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky is off today. What a morning it is, though, Joe. We've got so much news to get to. This Bob Iger news is just beyond. Uh, be- I've just been, I mean, trying to, trying to think this all through, working the phones. Let's Not talk yet. about Mr. Iger now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to. But today's top story, a corporate shakeup at Disney. Here's what we know. The media giant announcing Iger, the return of Bob Iger as CEO, effective immediately. He replaces embattled chief executive Bob Chapek, who just got a new contract. He came under fire since taking the job in February 2020. We're going to talk about the stock price, uh, Andrew, but uh, we'll do that in a second because he had it going for a while. He really did did. for a while. Uh, But in a press release, Disney said Iger has agreed to serve as Disney CEO for two years. He's 71 years old. His a mandate from the board uh, to set the strategic direction for renewed growth and to work closely with the board in developing a successor to lead the company at the completion of his term. But Chapek was his idea last time. Disney shares uh, popping on the announcement. And the news comes just months after Disney extended Chapek's contract. So he's going to get paid to sit at home, probably. But it's been a bumpy road for the now former CEO. The stock dropping 30% during his tenure. But as we said, when he started, it was about 132. Went up to 200. Yeah, actually, first it went down to about 80 during the pandemic, right at the beginning. Then all the way up to 200. And now it's down to back below uh, 100. It's down 41% for the year, but basically down 30% since he took over. But it's been Mr. Toad's. A wild ride. But even Mr. Toad, apparently there's a lot of stoppages with all the ride. Have you read that? 58% more stoppages? Yep. You're sitting on a ride? I don't want to sit on a roller coaster at the top of the, I, I don't know what I'd do. But uh, anyway, the entertainment and giant. And he ran was, parks. And he ran parks, Yep, yeah, He my ran friend. that. Yep. Yep. While that was happening. But, but Iger was the one who overpaid for those 20th Century Fox assets. Well, Iger almost overpaid for everything. But everything ended up working out. Remember Pixar and... Um, Look, the, the if, Marvel. If, if, Let me read the, the rest of this. Is, I, 
Someone wrote it. To, someone, someone really spent a lot of time on this, Andrew, so I want to, I want to finish it. Uh, just weeks after he officially took the job in 2020, the entertainment giant was forced to close the theme parks due to the pandemic. Remember, then in October of that year, Disney announced a major reorganization of its media and entertainment division to put a bigger focus on streaming so they could lose uh, billions. Why lose millions when you can lose billions? In July of 2021, Disney was sued by ScarJo, actress Scarlett Johansson, over its streaming release of her Black, movie, uh, Black Widow movie. In March of this year, Disney and Chapek clashed with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over the state's so-called, so-called, don't say gay bill, in June. Uh, but also, the company abruptly fired its TV content chief, Peter Rice, amid apparent tensions with Bob Chapek. Uh, and then earlier this month, Disney reported misses for the fourth quarter profit and key revenue segments, warning that streaming growth could be in trouble. With these factors, we believe we are on a path to profitable streaming business that generates shareholder value long into the future. And assuming we do not see a meaningful shift in the economic climate, we still expect Disney Plus to achieve profitability in fiscal 2024 as losses begin to shrink in the first quarter of fiscal 2023. JPEG announced plans to cut costs at the company. Now, following that report, Iger ran Disney for 15 years before backing JPEG as his successor, but the two eventually had a falling out, and Iger said he'd never uh, come back, and now he said he was amazed uh, to get the call. It happened very quickly. I don't think anyone really expected it to happen this quickly, Andrew. I, I don't think it helped when Chapek said, we're still going to get to this point in 2023 or 2024, as long as uh, the economy doesn't go south. They had never said that, apparently, before. And um, I mean, it's, you gotta, it's, who knew about streaming, that it was going to be the new, <laughs> it was going to be the new legacy uh, sort of uh, cable media. I, I like cable better than streaming now. But the hard part about this is, and Bob Iger, once he left Disney, he did a multiple interviews where he said, look, this is a tough business now. This is a challenged business. In fact, yeah. he used to joke at some points, oh, I'm so happy I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting there right now because right. look at what's happening to the legacy, business, legacy uh, cable business. Look what's happening to streaming. The costs are, are, are huge. So, you know, no matter what, uh, there are going to be huge challenges ahead of Bob Iger. Uh, he's a brilliant leader in so many ways, and I, I am hopeful. I'm very hopeful uh, for, for Disney's sake. But at the same time, you look at just the, the macro or at least you know, the trends in this industry, and uh, they're tough. It's, it's well, tough. It, it's a it, very it just tough seems, like a, a, seems like a very near-term fix, and Tryon doesn't want Iger to come back. It's not a long-term fix. I don't know. Disney, we've argued about this before because I said Eisner was just – he came in and was – that company was lost when uh, Eisner came in. I, I think he's really the father of, well, Walt Disney's obviously the father of Disney, but Eisner was amazing. And, then, yes. it, and before they, they found him, they were all over the place. Guys got killed in helicopter crashes, Frank Wells, and you know they were getting into real estate, doing all this crazy stuff. And then Eisner ran it very well till the very end. And I didn't know Iger was gonna be as, you know, turn into a legend. And in 15 years, he did turn into a legend. Now. Is that is that going to is this going to be the return of Steve Jobs at this point? I don't know. Do you think it may very well be the, the other piece is if he's really only staying for two years, if in fact that is the case, who is the successor, given that actually so many of the people that at least Bob Iger and so much of the Hollywood creative community liked 
have been pushed aside. Um, I've already seen speculation that, you know, you could see Bob Iger try, and we'll see, and I, this is almost too early to speculate about things like this, to go buy the company that Kevin Mayer, who was the other choice right. at that time, who was actually uh, pushed aside. Whether you end up seeing Bob Iger end up acquiring other companies effectively to try to bring people like Kevin Mayer back into the fold. And, um, you know, what I'm taking away from this is that, I mean, Bob Iger, President Biden just turned 80. I mean, Bob is a, like a, a kid. He's like 71. So Brightly. I don't know. Huh? I, Brightly. <laughs> I don't know why only two years. He could, you know, you know where I stand on this. I mean, I'm I, looking I at. I know you uh, do. I'm looking at, uh, I don't know. I'm looking at um, you, Andy Rooney. I'm looking at you. Yeah, Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney. Why did he retire at 93? He has a couple of good years left. I don't understand that. Uh, you know, but when people leave too early, uh, it, it's, it, seems like, it seems like a waste. The opposite of, of uh, our age, my agent's uh, brother, right. Zeke, who thinks just, you well, got to, you know, you got to hang it up at 75. Right. Cut no it way. off at 75. Yeah, cut it off. We should bring you some other news. We're going to continue to follow the collapse of FTX and the ripple effects. The bankrupt crypto exchange's new CEO saying the firm looking to sell or restructure its business, or at least what's left of it. The company owes its largest creditors about $3 billion. In a statement, the new chief, John Ray, saying in part, based on his review over the past week, quote, we are pleased to learn that many regulated or licensed subsidiaries of FTX within and outside of the U.S. have solvent balance sheets, responsible management, and valuable franchises. Now, in a weekend filing in Delaware's bankruptcy court, FTX asking for permission to pay outside vendors to consolidate some of their bank accounts and establish new accounts. Yeah. Lots to do on this Monday morning. Who would have thought Thanksgiving week just got busy? It, it did. And uh, kind of interesting that the, the Enron guy who, who was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, he kind of walked that back a little on Saturday, didn't he, about FTX, Andrew said there are some, you know, maybe there is some hope for some people to get something well, back I, at this point. I, yes and no. I thought there's a little bit of, at this point, you got to be a salesman. If you're trying to, if you're trying to mean, raise money yeah. and get money back to your creditors, right. um, you have to, A, hope that there's money there. And I do think there are regulated enterprises. Like, we're going to find out, you know, what some of these other businesses really had. But the other right. pieces, if you tell everybody that there's nothing there, well, nobody's going to pay you for it then. I love the Bahamas. What is the regulatory? Are, are they pretty good at things? I do. I, I love going down there, but it's kind of laid back. Uh, you know what I mean? Are, are they? Are they they've by default. That that's the business model. Yeah. But I'm just wondering. They seized a lot of things. We're going to work. We're going to have to work with them, right? And, and it, the U.S. regulators are trying to figure this all out. I'm just wondering what that looks like in that room. Bob, I don't know. It's FTX. Uh, ran many of its operations out of the Bahamas. Kate Rooney has made her way there. Oh, that's rough. And joins us now. Hey, Kate. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Yeah, I spoke briefly to Sam Bankman-Fried in NASA on Friday. And despite being ousted from FTX in the company's bankruptcy, he says he's spending most of his time right now still trying to broker a bailout, as he put it. He declined to talk about the financial details around the fall of FTX and what we all really want to know. Or an on-camera interview. We're also trying to get a longer talk on the record Joe, he is hunkered down, though, here in the Bahamas in a pretty upscale neighborhood. He did tell me there are billions of dollars of potential funding out there to make customers whole, as he put it. Uh, he also talked about getting as much value to users. He says he hates what happened here and deeply wishes he had been more careful. He also maintains that there are billions of dollars in customer assets, he says, available 
despite not having access to his corporate email or any FTX systems at this point. And guys, this is, of course, a long shot right now. And legal experts telling me he'd really be no different than any other third party bidder at this point. But white collar crime lawyers also told me over the weekend that being part of the solution may actually shield him from some legal liability in criminal and civil cases. No response from Sam Bankman-Fried on that. And you can see some stark differences already here on the island as this company unwinds. We stopped by FTX's headquarters. A sign that used to be outside there is gone. The parking lot was essentially empty. And security guards shoot us away pretty quickly. We also went to what appears to be the plot of land that FTX had committed about $60 million to build out an executive at FTX once compared that to Apple and Google's campuses in Silicon Valley. That is now vacant. No construction has started there. And guys, the story is still heating up. The bankruptcy courts are really what people are focused on. FTX customer funds are now caught between Delaware and the Bahamas. Back to you. You know, he could have been based in Buffalo, New York. Okay, but no. He's based... I mean, that's, that's, that's good for you. That's good for you. Um, it is. There are worse <laughs> places to be on assignment, Joe. <laughs> um, I wonder, is, is he... I mean, you must be trying to, you're there. You're going to be able to bring us a, a, an interview? Is that possible? Is that even fathomable at this point? Or, or I guess that might be tough with the lawyers and everything else. Yeah, and we were going for it, Joe. That's part of the reason we're, we're really down here. The story is obviously unfolding here. The bankruptcy court is a big part of this. He's still based here, and he has been pretty chatty with reporters. You've seen what came out from Vox. Although he says he didn't know that was going to be published, he's been giving on-the-record comments, and he's been tweeting consistently. So I didn't get the sense that he is completely camera shy or that he's not willing to talk about this and talk to reporters. We'll see if we can get anything on the ground here, Joe, but we'll keep you posted. Hope springs eternal. Uh, all right, Kate, uh, just try to, try to hang in there uh, for, for the company, <laughs> you know, for CNBC and everything else. Uh, just take one for the team. Thanks. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, more on the battle of the bobs in the House of Mouse. The first bob has won out, and investors are glad, so far, that he's back. New York Times columnist James Stewart on Iger, Chapek, and the road ahead for Disney. It's not Chapek's fault that the largely untested streaming model that was Iger's you know, strategy to go all in on was pretty much untested, and there's now you know, growing uh, investor disenchantment. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.
Welcome back to Squawk Pod. The corporate shocker of the week, shaping up to be the ouster of Walt Disney CEO Bob Chapek in favor of the former CEO Bob Iger, just days after Chapek announced plans to cut costs at the media giant, including hiring freezes and layoffs, as it grapples with weakening economic conditions. In a statement, Bob Iger says he is, quote, thrilled to return and extremely optimistic about Disney's future. Iger led Disney for 15 years, overseeing major acquisitions including Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel, as well as the launch of Disney+. Disney's board says Iger will work as CEO for two years to set a course for growth and work with the board to find a successor. It's quite the turn of events since Iger spoke with CNBC's own David Faber just about one year ago. It shouldn't be a concern to Disney shareholders at all that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that any dynamic between us is, would have an impact on the company long term. I'm leaving. He's in. It's his company. He's going to manage it as he, see fit, he sees fit with the board under circumstances that are very different than existed when I was CEO and, and chairman because they're changing as we've talked. They're changing so rapidly. And, um, you know, he'll make his own decisions. And, and I, you know, I hope that he's learned le- good lessons. I believe that he has in terms of, um, you know, some of the things that I did along the way and what worked and what didn't work. And I think um, the relationship I have with him is not really relevant to, you know, how, he, how effective he is running the company. Now let's get back to Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. So, Joe, now the uh, Game of Succession or, or Game of Thrones, that's a, it's a Warner Brothers HBO uh, show, but, uh, or shows, uh, begins in earnest. The question, of course, you know, who takes over? Is there a big acquisition in Bob Iger's future? Is a big acquisition part of bringing in a successor? And what does he do to actually maybe even bring back some of the talent that either left or, by the way, now that there's so many other companies that have let people go, you think of uh, all the folks who've left, who've left uh, Warner Brothers Discovery uh, recently, or even some of the people who've left Viacom. Or, I mean, you can go down the list. Does he have the, the firepower at this point, especially as uh, both the company and the industry are struggling, to actually try to attract some of that talent back to Disney? I didn't think I'd go the other way. I, I think I'd do less. I, probably, I don't know what I'd do with ESPN. I, I think about that. I mean, people thought maybe that there's, there's something to that. I don't know. D- Disney Plus? Do you stay with with overall, uh, you know, general entertainment, or do you refocus it on what they do so well with with uh, with kids entertainment? It's not going to be the behemoth that that uh, people thought at this point. I, I mean, I I look at what Zaslav's doing at Warner Brothers, and he's getting a lot of flack from creative people and and people in Hollywood. But things need to be done when you're when you're running a business that aren't all about just blowing money on on every right. idea that uh, you, you know that comes along. So I don't know what I do well, with. With uh, and, and, they, and, and the theme and, park business is is still great too, and I, I might yep. I go I go all the way back. Do you remember uh, Touchstone? That was an Eisner thing. That's where they did uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, and yep. they did all these yep. uh, this adult fair, and it's you know they really know kids. They know Pixar. They got great assets there, and I, I'm not sure I'd be well, you know trying to trying to find hits in the adult world, so to speak. Sure, but you know they they bought Fox. And FX and all of those assets for a reason, and that was to capture that adult fare. In fact, one of the questions that I've, I've heard about this morning, talking to just a number of people, is does this change the dynamic around Hulu, the future of Hulu? Right. Um, Bob Chapek has been quite public about wanting to continue to own that asset and effectively to buy out Comcast's stake in that asset eventually. 
Uh, Brian Roberts has talked about how much he would have liked to buy that asset and would still like to buy that asset. Does that possibility open up in this new Bob Iger regime? We'll okay. see. That, that would be, yeah, which way does that finally go? Is it, is, is it as, does Brian Roberts want it as much as he wanted it before? I don't know. I, oh, that's I que- another question because I, we're, I in, question we're in an streamy. environment, right? Where yeah. the economics may not be what but, they used to be, or at least you do the, a, the fever but, dream of everybody chasing Netflix, right? But it'd be like Discovery's going to be HBO, right? And or I don't know how th- that goes together. Would Hulu and Peacock fit? I don't. Uh, that conceptually, that was always the idea. Again, though, so much of the business at Hulu is now integrated with Fox and FX, and so many of the assets that Bob Iger did buy. Um, so it's hard, it's hard to see Bob Iger want to let go of that asset, I would imagine. And uh, as Disney has talked about, if, in fact, they were to sell that asset, I think they'd put it up for auction, right? So yeah. um, you, 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 could ha- you could have a real sort of buying war for that asset. It's, um, it's going to be something to watch. I used to, to watch. I used to have a little bit of uh, oh, what's the word? I got to look it up. Schadenfreude. There's an English word that I, I was going to start using in sounding smart, and I already forgot what it is. But I used to have a little Schadenfreude on Disney. I, you know, as a Homer, as a Comcast employee, and everything else. Uh, and you know, Comcast at one point had its eye. Remember that? How weird that was on, on yep. Disney itself. I very so much. I don't. I, I don't it. feel that. I yep. don't feel that anymore. I don't feel that anymore because uh, it's it's kind of an industry wide. It's a daunting business all of a sudden. So if I, if I, you know, if I don't want Disney to do well, it's almost like I'm, you know, it's hoping that Comcast does. But I, there used to be some competition, but because they're similar companies in ways, and I used to always right. hope we'd. Uh, well, and, but by the way, you know, and there's a, here's a little sympathy for Bob Chapak this morning. You know, the stock's down 30%, sure, but look at the rest of the industry, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's not like there is some, it's not like there's any standout. Uh, among the group that has somehow outperformed the others in some remarkable way. That, that's not to say that uh, directionally Disney was necessarily going in the right direction. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at how do you measure the performance during that period? Clearly, the board was unhappy and clearly Hollywood was unhappy. So I'm going to tell you the word talk more about all this. I'm going to tell you the yep. word and I want to see if you can say it and remember it. OK. Ep- Epicaricacy. I can say it. Will you remember? Epicaricacy. So that it, Epi- whenever you want to ca- use Schadenfreude. Okay. Yeah, people love Schadenfreude. They like, you know, pretending they speak a foreign language. But epicaricacy is the same thing in English. And so I'm no longer going to feel any epicaricacy when, when Disney goes down because there, but for the grace okay. of God. That's the English equivalent. Of, of Schadenfreude, epicaricacy. I don't think I'm getting it right. It's epicariously? No, epicaricacy. It's hard. E-P-I-C-A-R-I-C-A-C-Y. Um, well, 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 epicaricacy. I'll get my hooked on phonics and we'll figure it out. Joining us right now to talk more about these the leadership changes inside the Mouse House, Jeff Sonnenfeld, the Yale School of Management professor and New York Times columnist, James Stewart is also, of course, the author of Disney Wars, and I should say the author of a spectacular story over the weekend about uh, the merger of uh, Time Warner and uh, the, the, the drama that was AT&T. But we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, I want to get your reaction, though, if I could. I'll start with you, Jim Stewart. Uh, you've, you've written about and followed the drama, the saga of what is Disney. Uh, what happens now? 
well, you, you know, you're right. Um, that's the drama just never seems to end in, in this magic kingdom. It's sort of uh, life imitating art out there. But uh, I mean, this is a surprise, I think, because it looked like Chapek had survived the latest cha uh, challenges. But I, uh, I, from what I'm hearing inside the company, this came as a shock to, to many of my sources. And nevertheless, the last earnings report where there was a miss really across the board and the streaming situation seems only to be getting worse. Looks like it was the last straw. Jim, I want to get to, to Jeff in just a second, but speak to this. The succession planning, it effectively starts now. I, I was saying earlier, you know, the Game of Thrones begins now. Do you imagine seeing Bob Iger either try to bring back some of the talent that left, trying to hire some of the talent that's now been either pushed out or walked out the doors of the Warner Brothers Discoveries of the World, the Viacoms and so many others, or as somebody who spent a lot of time making acquisitions, do you see him making one more big one that includes the aqua hire effectively of the next CEO? Well, those, those are all great questions. I think there will definitely be personnel changes. I mean, one of the criticisms that I've heard for some time now about Chapek was his, um, you know, it was not his strength at picking people for major jobs. I mean, some people were already there and have continued to have done very well. Some of his choices have drawn a lot of criticism. So I think, yes, with Iger, we're going to see some significant personnel changes and po probably some reorganizations. The chapek led reorganization at Disney led to immense internal morale issues and criticism. And I think he will probably undo a lot of that. But I think he, you know, he, he one of Iger's strengths definitely is he knows the Hollywood talent pool very well from the, his years there. Admittedly, he's been gone for a brief time, but he, he has a very good sense of that. And there are many ex-Disney people out there, um, some some have left recently who he knows. And, you know, he, he does know the, you know the, the group of talent out there. And I think he, we will see him bringing um, some new material in there. Now, all that said, you say the succession um, planning begins now. Let's be honest, the succession planning should have begun a long time before now. The Iger departure still has never been fully explained. It seemed quite hasty. The process in which Chapek was picked was never entirely clear. There were um, doubts and criticisms about him from the beginning. And bringing Iger back now suggests that there isn't any deep bench at Disney. So there's a lot of work to be done on the succession front. Jeff Sonnenfeld, our management guru, grade this board and grade Iger, given that uh, this was his chosen successor and this was the same board that chose him. Well, that's the only thing. Bob Iger gets an A-plus on absolutely everything except succession. And you're right. We saw that Tom Staggs looked like he was being lined up, an earlier potential predecessor, but he was deemed as somebody who was really good at perhaps execution and theme parks, but not great with creatives. That was the thought. And Kevin Mayer, the knock on him was he did all these great deals of Marvel and Lucas Arcs and things. But uh, had he really been an operator? Was he was he really good on execution? And uh, and he'd had the chance to do that, prove himself at TikTok. But sadly, uh, he got scared off because of the the, the China overlay on that. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll go there. Peter, you know, we hear about Peter Rice being forced out by, uh, uh, I guess, as a as a seen as a threat uh, by Chapek. And it's not because he was paranoid. Uh, Peter Rice, a very understated, uh, successful Fox superstar that they brought in, was disparaging uh, uh, Chapek. And uh, uh, so and he was running television. So, you know, there are some alternatives to look at there. But this board has not done well in succession. And Jim is uh, Jim Stewart is exactly right. 
that 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 this has been a problem for a, quite a long while. Even the the Eisner Iger succession was imperfect. In fact, I've been in touch with Chapek uh, through much of this period, but not last night. And in touch with Iger, as uh, some of you guys know, for a long time, and would, was joking with him that one of the the best farewell gifts that Michael Eisner gave Bob Iger was to kind of throw him under the under the bus in his autobiography, so he could be his own person. I was telling these guys, well, maybe. Iger's doing the, giving you the same gift to, to Bob Chapek. Hey, Jim, when you think about what Bob Iger can do over the next two years or longer, if you believe he ultimately stays longer, what do you see him doing given the hand that he now has? Uh, much of the hand was his own creation originally. Uh, we talked earlier in the broadcast about the future of Hulu and that chess piece in all of this. Potentially other acquisitions. Ben Smith was mentioning even the possibility of ultimately a tie-up with Netflix. Well, I've, I've said on this program before that Disney faces problems that go beyond any one chief executive. And it's not Chapek's fault that the largely untested streaming model that it was Iger's you know, strategy to go all in on was pretty much untested. And there's now you know growing uh, investor disenchantment with the massive capital investment that that's requiring and the exceedingly limited payoffs. I mean, just think for a, a moment that the, you know, subscribers to the cable model were paying something like, you know, many cases, $150 a month. And now they're paying, you know, five or $6 a month for, for Disney plus. I mean, that's a huge gap and nobody benefit, benefited more from the deteriorating cable model than Disney. And that is a, a serious problem going forward. Is scale the answer? I mean, that's always been been the, the conventional wisdom. But if you look at Disney's recent earnings, the bigger Disney Plus gets, the more money it has been losing in this arms race to keep up with the very deep-pocketed uh, Netflix, Amazon. You can throw Apple into that mix. The, the sports rights are, are now up for grabs. Everybody wants to get into that space. Disney faces some really tremendous issues here. I mean, you bring up, could they merge with Netflix? I, no, I don't think they could in this current antitrust regime. I mean, Disney is, you know, in the big three of streaming. I think uh, it would be very difficult to do any kind of direct acquisition in that space. I'll throw one more out because you used to hear this one all the time. Apple. What do you say? Uh, well, uh, you, you want me to take that one? Both of you could take it. But it, it's been it's been something obviously we've all speculated about for a very, very long time. And if ultimately two or three years from now, uh, an exit is uh, in the offing or needed, you know, it, they, they I, don't I, have the same they don't have the, the same overlap that, that a Netflix or, or basically anybody else would. No, you're right. They're but much, they do have the problems of big tech. They're, they're much more they're, they're much more feasible than one of the real real giants in streaming. On the other hand, I don't I think regulatory issues there. Oh, my gosh. The size of a Disney Apple combination and Apple has so far never wanted to touch this amount of, um, of I mean, owning a broadcast network. I, I think there would have to be some major divestitures and rearrangements for that to work. I think the Apple, I agree, is unlikely, although Bob Iger is obviously knows them very well. He's a very successful board member for quite some time. I think the Netflix deal, uh, if you, you look at the numbers, uh, do look a little staggering. It'd be about twice the price of what they paid for Fox. But, you know, Netflix is down 70% if you're ever going to get Netflix. This is a good time. And obviously, uh, uh, Disney Plus has done so well with subscribers. Uh, Bob Iger, though, has you take a look at what he's done. The stock was uh, when he stepped in, it was like $24 a share. And he took it up to about $140 a share under his 15 years. It was he's an amazing tour of duty. Nobody's been more successful. 
And this is a great example, I think, of substance and style interchanged uh, that they're very much inextricably intertwined. So many of the things that Bob Chapek got wrong in his taking charge process, and he's a decent guy. He was learning, but learning slowly along the way how to recover. It was not just the don't say gay issues where you managed to be everybody's enemy in Disney. It was a hard thing to pull off in, in Florida. But similarly, the surprise maneuvers uh, uh, last week on the earnings call that he didn't reveal, even his own HR VP was surprised. When two days later, he commented on the layoffs. Why wasn't that part of the earnings call? And the, the loss of confidence and legitimacy was profound. It's right. it's a good board, though. Mary Barra and others, some, uh, uh, some very strong players on this board. Uh, but I, I think that uh, they've got strategic options there. That in, uh, ESPN has been a, a strength for them. Yep. And they, they, it's number Jeff, one cable operation and for we, 18 or 49. Jeff, we, we want to thank you. We want to thank Jim Stewart. Jim, it sounds like Disney War. There might be a sequel. You might have a sequel well, now. I, you know, Bob who would have believed Bob. it? But you may be right. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Uh, Andrew, um, you around tomorrow? Am I going to see you? I am. What a morning. What a morning. Pretty good morning. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Nice work by Joe and Andrew holding down the fort today on a breaking news story in the world of high-profile CEOs. And the lesson? You can always go home again. President Biden just turned 80. I mean, Bob is a, like a, a kid. He's like 71. So I don't know, you know where I stand on this. I'm looking at uh, you, Andy Rooney. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Tune in to Squawk Box weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod, this podcast, wherever you listen and get us in your feed every day. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.